Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, everyone. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Georgina Almashady. She is the founder and owner of Find Your You, the creator of the Aligned Message Activator, a messaging mentor, an intuitive writer, and an international number one bestselling author. Georgina, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. I'm so honored and so happy to have you here and sit down and chat with you and share a little bit about your journey with with the Empowerography community. Me too. I'm very excited for our conversation today. It's so much fun. How's your day going today? Pretty good. Excellent. I'm journaling. Um, which Beautiful. Is, says some deep thinking, contemplation, like the inner world. That's my thing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I always come back with some really good insights. So it's been a good morning so far. And now I get to speak to you. So you can Excellent. come. Well, the feeling is mutual. So as I mentioned, all of those things, you're also a creative muse. You're the host of the Writing Your Best Self podcast. And last, but certainly not least, your mother. That Mm -hmm. is a hell of a lot of hats and quite a resume you have there. So how on earth do you find the time for all of these things? And how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization to you? Great question. I am multi-passionate. I've always been multi-passionate. I love having lots of different things on the go. Like I'm the kind of person that gets bored with routine. Like once I know how to do something, I'm like, I'm on, on to the next thing. Like I, need, <laughs> I need spontaneity. I need adventure. So it doesn't sound like a lot to me because I need lots of different things I can juggle and explore and express. So in terms of priorities, like I have this thing that if I say I'm going to do something, I know it's going to get done. So I always have that to lean back on. Like if there's a deadline looming, I can turn it on. It, it shows up. So that is, I guess that's really reassuring. And then often the prioritization, it just, it's, it's just a feeling inside. Oh, I need to spend time on this now. Oh, I need to do that. And I'm also, I'm learning to listen more and more to that instinct within that tells me this is where your focus is meant to be right now. Not the external priorities that other people might impose on me or right. say, I when it's like, no, inside knowing this is where I need to turn my attention, my time. You, you and I spoke yesterday about the resume or the list of things that we do and, and our titles and all of that. And I mean, you just said it, it sounds like a lot, but when we look at that and when we hear that echoed back to us, all the things that we do, it's like, yeah, okay, I sure. I mean, I never really looked at it that way. I just think these are just the things I do. And that's just because we're naturally good at these things. And we don't think of it as any big thing. We just do them and that's it. Uh, exactly. And, and I, I found that I, one of the best lessons I ever got was in my early 20s when um, 
I hit this point in my life when I realized, oh, the dream I've had since I was a child, going to university, getting the graduate job, <laughs> I'm in the corporate ladder. I know this life is not going to work for me. This life doesn't work because what I've done, and I think a lot of people do this, I segregated work and play. They were two very separate things. And I had this bit of crisis and I ended up meeting this author called Nick Williams, who'd mm. written a book back then called The Work You Were Born to Do. And he said in this book, if you find the thing you love, you'll never have to work again. Now, nowadays, that's not a very novel concept. I think a lot of people believe that. But back then, 20 years ago, it was quite unusual to hear that insight and really struck me because I knew I love writing. I've always loved writing. It's like just this expression. I love expression. I love, you know, just putting words on the page, talking conversations that just really put me in in a good place to find things I loved. And when I'm doing something I love and you probably had the same feeling, Brad, like time stands still. You're not yeah. watching it. Like time stretches out. You just feel energized, not drained. And yeah. so that, that's been my benchmark for a long time now with my career over the past two decades is I do something until it's like no longer feels joyful. It no, it no longer fills me up. It no longer excites me, doesn't energize me. And when I get that feeling, I know it's time to shift. Yeah. And then it's okay, what's coming, what's evolving in my life now? Where do I need to turn my attention? Now, you mentioned deadlines. Are you this type of person where you've got a deadline? And you procrastinate and put it off and put it off and you work because you work better under pressure or you'd rather just get it done and get it, get it sent off or whatever the case may be. That's a great question. I do like a little bit of pressure, but I think I actually don't think it's about the pressure. Something I learned last year, which has been such a powerful lesson, is that I play really well in the energy of the moment, in the energy of the now. Mm. And the way I learned this is... I decided I needed to get better at speaking. I've always been very confident writing and expressing myself writing because in writing, I could take that space. I could contemplate, I could edit, I could get my thoughts in order and I could feel like I've said everything I need to say on this piece of paper. Here you go. But ask me to speak and I would stumble over my words. I didn't feel confident. I'd shut down and that just didn't feel good because I felt I couldn't express myself. And then it made me feel like people didn't know me people wouldn't see me and people didn't hear me. So I decided to do a, a 365 Facebook Live challenge and I went live on Facebook every day for a year. And I started off with a script. So yeah. I'd like, I'm going to talk about this topic. I'd write myself a script and I'd kind of read the script off. And then that got a bit boring. And then I started, you know, whittled it down to bullet points. And then I started playing with, what if I just show up with a topic? What would I say? And then I'd sometimes do, I'm just going to put the camera on and see what I was going to say. And what I realized was when I was in the energy of that moment and I had either a question or an intention and I trusted myself, something would speak through me, something I would find the words to say. And that's been magical because I just realized that I have a connection to something. I have, I have things to express And in the moment they're meant to come out, they'll come out. And so that's often what I do now is I feel I'm working on some projects right now. And some days I just know I'm not going to touch them. It's like I have no inspiration for that right now. If I sit and try to write this piece or work on this project, nothing's going to come. And then other times I'm like, right, I have an idea. I'll sit down and I'll write pages or I'll make a massive amount of progress in a very short space of time. Because at that moment, the energy is ready to flow in, in that direction. And so it's really been this trust. Like, can I allow myself to be more flowy? I was not like that in the past. I was <laughs> very, very masculine, very scheduled and timetabled yeah. and kind of stuff. But I love this more, giving myself more space for creative expression. It's been so powerful um, for me. 
Yeah, you can't force creativity. You just can't. I was just saying, as I was saying to you before we jumped on the interview, I was having trouble putting together the list of questions for our interview last night. And I caught myself a few times saying, okay, Brad, you got to walk away. You can't force this. It's not going, if you force it, it's going to come out terrible. It's not going to work. So so I had to take a few breaks and walk away, come back. I finally got it done. But it's just to say that you cannot force that type of thing. It just has to, as you say, flow. And that's it, right? For sure. So I'm very curious, you being a serial entrepreneur, wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? My morning routine is getting woken up by my child, my son usually. (laughs) (laughs) And then lying there for a bit thinking, oh, do I really have to get up now? It's like, no, no, (laughs) my other two children. So I'm a mum, I've got three children. So school time, school run, all that kind of stuff. Walk to school, take the dog to school for a walk as well, and then come back home. And then that's when my time starts. And so my routine at the moment is connection with myself through some breathing and then journaling. So journaling, like, what do I need to know now? Just seeing what's present, seeing what wants to be expressed. And then I like to read. I love to read spiritual poetry, just something to get myself inspired. So my practice really is about connecting with me and in this beautiful process of purging what isn't me and making space for what is me. So that's, that's my routine at the moment, but it, it definitely changes. It yeah. changes where I'm in my life it's not rigid or right as you said you'd rather just flow and that's just who you are so as a multi-passionate have you always had that entrepreneurial bug in you and if so where do you think that comes from I would say no I haven't always had an entrepreneurial bug in me had a bug to serve so out of university I went did a couple corporate jobs had a moment of what the heck am I doing this is (laughs) not for me at all threw it all in bought bought a ticket to India went traveling solo then signed up to do a one-year program in complementary therapies so that shift was the moment I remembered and realized no I'm here to I'm here to do some sort of service I need to do work I need to do something that's purposeful that's what I hated about corporate just felt like if I don't go into work today it's actually not gonna make the world a difference and that killed me like that just sucked everything out of me yeah I I needed to do something purposeful and then I didn't start my business until daughter number two was born Mm -hmm. I was teaching before that I spent eight years teaching okay and then I just I wanted more time freedom I needed to do something that would work around being being a mum and being income generation and so that's why I started my business my my parents had a business they didn't start until their 40s right my dad's always been very entrepreneurial like he's always been so it's there it's there like your father your mom and I mean so was that transition into the entrepreneurial world fairly easy for you then because you felt that calling you just, you had to serve. And and as you mentioned, and I know too, because I worked in corporate, corporate is fucking soul sucking. It's horrible. And you're right. They're not going to miss you if you're not there. They don't care. The bottom line is all about the money. That's what it's about. Everybody is replaceable. Yeah, that that's, was quite a hard lesson to, to get that. Um, yeah. It gives you some sort of significance, doesn't it? You think, oh, I'm going to do this. It's some sort of safety. And to yeah. come to terms with that in itself is, is a bit of a journey. But I think when, you know, when I started my business, it was 11 years ago this month, actually. And it was more of the case of, I cannot go back into the classroom and teach anymore. I cannot do that. I can't go back there and, you know, give what I was giving. There was so much goodwill required 
which yeah. was okay for a while until the point it wasn't okay. And then it was like, oh, I can't do that. And I just knew like this business is going to work because the, the alternative is just far too painful. And so you know, I, I just really went for it. Like, I taught myself, did an online course to, to study copywriting. And then I just found people I could write for for free to get some experience. And I put yeah. myself out there on social media. And then you know, it's, it's amazing how the universe works because the first couple of like paying clients I, I attracted the first one was a parcel company where I'd spent mm. a number of years working for the this big parcel distributor in the UK. That was my corporate job. And then the second client was she was selling tours of Egypt. My, my husband's Egyptian. I'd spent a couple of summers traveling around Egypt. So I knew all okay. the tours were going back. Oh, so look at that. <laughs> and then the third one was creating a like a healthy diary for children. I'd worked in education for eight years. <laughs> Talk about so the universe. Like, you are going to do this. It's going to work for you. There is no other option. (laughs) So grateful. And I've been so grateful because my path for the last seven years has always collided me with the people I needed to meet at the time. I've learned so much incredible things from just the amazing people I've had the, you know, the privilege to work with. I'm so grateful everyone who's crossed paths with me it's just been such a joy that's phenomenal it's so incredible how the universe works and happy anniversary then by the way that's amazing (laughs) what drives motivates and inspires you to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do Georgina oh okay that's such a good question so so part of the answer to that and this has been part of something I've been working recently if I'm really honest with myself, a lot of it was external validation mm. until very recently. Oh, I need people to see that I'm successful. I need my parents to see that I'm successful. I need other people to say I'm successful because that will make me feel good enough. Like that's my really honest answer. And that answer created a lot of pain because, you know, I'd get the validation from lots of people and it was just never enough. It never made me feel whole. It never made me feel full. And I think that you know, that knowing that I was always chasing something I was never going to reach that really guided a, a, you know, deep inner journey to start to explore. Why do I feel that way? Why do I feel that I need to seek this external validation? Why do I prioritize the wrong things to get this validation when it's not actually what I'm looking for? I'm looking for that love within. I'm looking for that safety in my body. I'm looking to feel good about myself. I feel quite emotional now because, you know, that's a really question. (laughs) Yeah. So what motivates me now is finding myself. Ironically, my business is called Find Your You, which Mm -hmm. was a name given to me by somebody in a mastermind I was in. I didn't come out that with myself. Someone gave it to me. And that has really been my path over the past five or six years of finding myself like who actually am I? Who am I? Can I love that part of me? Can I accept myself? Can I be myself? Can I speak my truth? So that is what drives me now. And that's why I do so much inner work. That's an ongoing journey. I mean, there is no end destination with that one. We are a constant work in progress because we're constantly evolving as human beings, as people. And that's just all part of the journey, right? So and thank you for being great. so vulnerable and sharing that. I really appreciate that. And I think the second part of that, my answer would be, it's also for my children, because I have a firm belief that when we choose to do the inner work and you know, do the inner work to heal and integrate and embody all the things we need to do, we are the pattern breakers in our lineage like we are here to say right this is no longer going to pass forward into the next generation it stopped here and so yeah a lot of the work I do is also for my children well that's also self-awareness too right having the wherewithal to to think about that and how it affects future generations and that needing to do that inner work will only help it yes of course first and foremost is to serve yourself but it's also to benefit other people who are around you your family your friends your business all of that it benefits everybody wins 
when we do that self-work, but first and foremost is for us, of course, serving ourselves. Yeah. So you say that you're passionate about using message making as a catalyst for personal growth and a tool for sparking impact. Can you share a little bit about that and why it's so important to you? Yeah. And it's so important to me because I think for so long I've felt silenced by myself, not feeling safe to speak, not feeling really safe to say what I really felt, being a bit of a people pleaser, you know, not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to be confrontational, being scared of confrontation and just recognizing how stifling that becomes when you have so much to say, but you haven't got the courage to express it and how that like does something to you inside and you know it was amazing because I've been able to say some incredible things through other people which has been just so amazing and I think it comes to a point where it's like no you also want to say some of these things yourself so I believe that we all have a seed of a message for these times I think we're all you know we're here for a reason in these times it's pivotal times for humanity massive change massive upheaval it's dramatic but I think and I wrote this in sacred redesign I think we're on the path of evolution or extinction like it's one yeah. of options. and so we've, we've got some got some serious work to do and and when I think that you know what can I do I'm one person <laughs> what I'd like you know what I choose to believe is that we all have something we can say that can make a difference in some way because our message becomes a ripple a catalyst and activator for someone else but also it's a personal growth catalyst too because to get to that place where you can speak your truth the embodied truth the raw thing that might be hard to say because yeah right now about needing to make some seismic change of course there are people out there that are saying things we've not maybe heard before they're saying new things or they've got different solutions and so this is why i think message making is so important and powerful like knowing okay what is my contribution what does my voice need to say at the moment in these times and i just feel it's a form of empowerment as well because it gives us confidence of hope that even though we're one person our actions do make a difference I love that you said that the fact that I'm one person what what difference can I make but I mean and everybody I've I've been guilty of thinking that way we all have and you know to get out of that mindset and to shift that into okay right I'm gonna do my part here with what I want to accomplish and what I want to contribute And it is, it's that ripple effect because people around you see what you're doing and they jump on board and they want to be part of what you're doing and help push that narrative forward. And and so everyone starts to get on board and then it just, it picks up steam. It's like you're one spoke in that wheel and the other spokes get added into the wheel. Then it becomes a full wheel and wheels in motion. They're unstoppable. That's exactly it. And I think as well, there's, there's something you know really unique about the age we're in like social media age great on the one hand terrible on the other hand yes but the great piece is we have a platform and as individuals it's so different when I was a child right when I was a child more mass media messages through obviously tv limited newspapers books that you know the access to information was much much more limited yeah the messages were much broader whereas nowadays I can find my person like if I need to activate something in me I have the opportunity to find the specific person that I resonate with and what that means it's speeding things up because you know how it is there's an insight you need to know you've heard it 10 15 20 times from different people and you're like either you've nodded your head or it's gone over your head (laughs) and then you meet someone else and they say it and it's like oh my god that's exactly what I needed to say that's exactly what I needed to hear and there's someone else around you it's like Brad I've been telling you that yeah you didn't hear me because they weren't the person you needed to hear it from that's right the fact that we our individual messages can touch specific people as a catalyst and activator that to me is like that's so exciting that piece is really exciting that 
there are people right now who I can serve because yeah. of who I am. That's right. And I, I'm the one to serve them because I am who I am. Yep. Um, maybe there are other people doing similar things to me, but they're not me and I'm not them. So That's right. there's no competition. There's just finding our people being our most authentic self so that our people can find us that's it and i love there too that you mentioned the whole competition thing because that was a huge hurdle for me to overcome when i first jumped into entrepreneurship was the competition mindset when i first got into entrepreneurship with my photography business i was always looking at other people and where they were in their business and as i've heard so many times you can't compare your year one to someone else's year 10 you just can't it's not it doesn't make sense it doesn't work and but it took a lot of work it took me about a year and a half almost two years to get over that competition mindset. And then I got to a point where I thought, okay, if I don't do this, I'm going to destroy everything I'm trying to do here. My self-confidence, my business, everything. And so that shift, I just realized that, you know what? My only competition is me. As long as I'm improving every day, getting a little bit better. That's all that matters. That's my only competition. There is more than enough work to go around for all the photographers, for all the writers, for all the paint. There is because your people will find you. Your tribe will find you. Not everybody is going to be your client. And once you get okay with that, your world shifts. It, it was like my whole world opened up. I started to notice I was getting more inquiries. I was getting more calls. I was getting more bookings. Once I shifted that mindset, the mind is such a powerful, powerful tool. And once you realize that, you're on your way. Definitely. Totally agree. Well said. Can you share with us what Find Your You is all about and how long ago you founded and started the business? Yeah, so this aspect was 2016 and it arose because... Uh, people keep saying to me, oh, you know, copywriting, what's your niche, Georgina? Like, I don't really have a niche. Like, no, you must have a niche. <laughs> I don't have a niche. I, it's not a particular type of business that I work for. It's a type of person. I, right. I seem to be attracting people that have got vision, visionaries, you know, people that have got something they want to say, people that are interested in personal development, personal growth. I'm attracting a certain sort of person. I'm not attracting a niche. And then I realized that, you know, this age of personality marketing, selling ourselves as well as our work, I started to say things like, you know, who you are is more important than what you know, which as someone that had grown up very academic, that was quite a, you know, a mind switch in itself. And so it began as a way to kind of call in these people that wanted someone to support them with their writing but it's morphed into just this world of inner discovery like I love guiding people in journeys I love taking people inside so they can explore like that labyrinth within asking them the questions crack people open having conversations where people discover things about themselves they maybe didn't realize they knew or they didn't acknowledge so find your you it is it's about finding you like, who are you? Like, who are you really? What is your truth? What is it you want to say? Who do you want to be? Who are you? That's separate from the external context and constraints, discovering that inner truth. So that's really what it's moved into. So I like running programs, I offer some coaching and love creating journaling prompts and journaling tools. That's, <laughs> that's always been a big thing in my own personal life, my own journey. So that's what my work is around now, helping people discover the truth of who they are. I love it. And that is such powerful and important work because there are so many people out there that just don't know they don't know who they are they're lost mm -hmm. and to be able to help someone find themselves or at least give them that nudge or that guidance into starting that journey that's a powerful powerful thing that you're doing for people I think it's beautiful and I think it's important to say as well is that maybe although I might be a catalyst or like an activator to open that journey we all have that power within so really when I talk about finding your truth it's 
reconnecting to that voice within just taking yourself back there and remembering that we have all the answers like we, mm-hmm. we have access to our own truth and we've been severed from that like I've spent so long trusting outside authorities because I didn't I thought they knew better than me but you know the best authority on my life is is me it's yeah the same with all of us we all know what's right for us that takes a lot of work a lot of inner work to get to that realization yeah. some takes longer than others but Again, once you get there and once you realize that, your whole world changes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being a messaging mentor, I'm going to assume, of course, a big part of your work is helping people activate and amplify their voices through written word, whether that be through telling their stories in a book or writing articles, etc. What do you say to people that come to you and say, I don't have a story to tell or who's going to want to read what I have to write? That whole imposter syndrome thing. How do you deal yeah. with that? I, I think it, it's so common. I think most people call this, even the people who like the best stories. Like, so yeah. And what I would say is the reason that happens is because it's like if you have children, I look back sometimes at pictures of my teenager now when she was a baby or a toddler. And I think, gosh, I can't believe she used to look like that. <laughs> and, but when you live with them every day, you actually don't notice incremental changes because it's just so gradual. It's why you see other people's children grow so much differently than you see your own children. And that's the same with your story. Like you've lived your story. You've been in it every single moment of every single day. You've been present in it. And so you don't see what other people see outside of you. And it's like your story, when other people see it, they see the breakthroughs in in a different way than you do. So you do have a story for sure, because there'll be things you've overcome to get where you are now. Some of those things might be a big thing. Some of them might be subtle things. Some of them might be really obvious external things. Some of them might be big, subtle internal things, but there's still a journey from here to now. And that journey is something other people can resonate with because chances are you've walked a path that someone else wants to walk. And because you've already walked that path, you know what the pitfalls are. You've learned the lessons from it. And so by sharing our stories, we can collapse other people's timelines because they can then learn from our mistakes. Not to say they have to do exactly what we did. Right. we can like provide some guardrails. Oh, yep. don't go down that path there because that's going to take you off a cliff. But if you yeah. stay in this area, <laughs> chances are you're going to cross the finish line a lot easier than it would have been. And this is how our stories can help humanity to evolve. Because instead of us all walking like with a blindfold on, we can now use the benefit of other, other people's hindsight and other people's knowing and knowledge and lived wisdom to walk our own paths. And so... This is why we, I think we dance from mentor to mentor, why we get inspired by different people at different times in our lives, because we're all walking these different paths with these different learning experiences, and we can be guided along the way by the people that have walked before us. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Again, that goes back to finding your people, finding your tribe and connecting with those people and learning. I mean, community, that this is community is so important. It, it carries so much weight. There's not enough words to describe how incredibly powerful community is. I mean, as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. It's the same thing. I mean, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Adriana, always says you can't and you shouldn't run your business on your own. Reach out to people. Lean on your community. Lean on the people around you to help you with that. That's what it's all about. You don't have to do it alone. But we get stuck in this mindset where this is my business. I've got to take care of everything. And it's not true. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't tell anyone I'm struggling because I think I'm weak. Or they, think yes. I'm not, they won't want to work with me. They won't want to come near me, blah, blah, blah. And this is the mindset we've been raised on. You know, we've been raised on a competitive, in a yeah. competitive society, like the rankings and ratings and 
awards and things and, and we, we can't all be good at everything we can only be good at what we're good at no one can be as good at being you as you that's right no one <laughs> else you. is you yeah that's it exactly. that's exactly it the community so. is so important and I think that's definitely a journey I've taken quite recently it's yeah stepping back into sisterhood was quite an alien concept for me I lived in a very masculine world with very masculine right. very masculine driven well that's um, the corporate world right that's yeah <laughs> so as a writer yourself I'm sure you have dealt with and still deal with from time to time imposter syndrome around your own writing and all of those things that come up. So for you, how do you work through and overcome those paralyzing thoughts when they come up? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one thing to, you know, to write in the privacy of your your notebook or your journal and just express yourself. It's amazing. So beautiful. And I love doing that. And it's a different thing to put your heart in a visible place and hit publish and hit send. And I remember the first time I started to do that, like the writing piece was fine. I enjoyed that. But can we just send it? Like I'd have heart palpitations. My palms would go sweaty. <laughs> and I, I know I'd literally sit in front of my computer hovering over the send button or the publish button. And I'd be like, gonna send it. No, it'd be dancing, <laughs> dancing with the button, dancing with the button. And it reached the point of just send the damn thing, just send it. And, like, you know, it hit send, and then I had to leave the room because I just couldn't hold the energy I felt. I was so scared, so scared of being visible and being seen. And what, um, things are a bit different now because I'm much more articulate and much more confident with what I have to say. But um, when we're expressing our truth and, and writing from that heart place, it's always right. And it comes back to self-trust, self-love, self-acceptance internal validation over external validation it's an inner journey when you're expressing your creativity and your uniqueness you always feel better about it when it's rooted in i love myself i love what i just expressed yeah and that's why you know the saboteur work is about the inner journey piece the sage versus the saboteur which one which one which one yeah i fed the saboteur so much yeah so much to the point of you know cutting myself in pieces not not literally but yeah <laughs> energetically recognizing that the sage has value the inner sage has value is is so beautiful that is a very tough journey i went through that as well with publishing and putting my photography out there i mean you're when you're putting that as an artist whether that be writer painter it doesn't matter whatever the case may be when you're getting ready to put your art whatever that is out into the world that's incredibly vulnerable mm-hmm. to do that because you're putting that out there and again i guess this speaks to the self-love and all of that stuff and the 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 external validation piece of that you're worried about what other people are going to think about your work what i know for me anyways that's what i was always concerned like oh my god i'm putting this out there and you know when you show your work to friends or family, they're not going to tell you that was absolute shit. <laughs> they're going to tell you that's great. That's really good. I like that. Or maybe not so overtly, but they'll tell you that they like it or whatever, you know, that's nice. Or, but when you put that out into the public, that's a big step. And I struggled a hell of a lot with that, but then it got to the point, you just get to the point, I guess, where, you know what, I'm going to do this. Not everyone's going to resonate. Once you realize that not everyone is going to resonate with your work, not everyone's going to like your work, not everyone's going to like you as a person, period. So it's getting over that hurdle that just helps you push further on. It's like, okay, I'm putting this out there. Whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's a tough journey to be okay with that. And it takes time. And of course, everybody's different. Everybody's journey is different. It takes everybody a different amount of time, but it took me a while to get over that too. And it's a struggle. It's a huge internal tug of war. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And we just come out the other side stronger because it does fuel that 
journey of self-acceptance and self-love. And I do believe that, you know, if there was a magic dust that could be sprinkled over the world, <laughs> everyone, everyone woke up tomorrow with like unshakable levels of self-love, things would yeah. change in a heartbeat. Oh, so absolutely. Self-love, the journey to self-love is really important. And that's why all these things confront us because it's just that n- nudge of, ah, do you really love yourself? Really <laughs> love yourself? I think that's the key to everything. Self, self-love, everything starts back within us. That's the foundation for absolutely everything in life. Once you're okay in here with you, you're golden. And that's not to say you're not going to deal with shit in the world and all of that. But if you're okay with you, then you're on your way for sure. Yeah. And that's the foundation for everything. And then everything just emanates out from there. You know, yeah. it's it's huge. I think that's why this Find Your You journey has been so powerful for me because there was, you know, for a long, long time, I was not okay with, with me. For a long 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 time and you know th- to feel differently in yourself and that feeling is just is priceless it's it, worth all the work all the pain all the you know, all the investments to find the right people to support you um, but to feel okay in your body and in yourself can't put a price on it no and that's not to say that you're not going to struggle at different times with that and revert back to some of those old behaviors because we're we're human beings it's going to happen but i think that if you do that work, those bouts of reversion or reverting back will get shorter and shorter and shorter. And you'll be able to pull yourself out of those bouts quicker, for sure. So what lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do, Georgina? So I think what excites me the most, I love seeing someone have a breakthrough. I love having a conversation with someone and then you see that that aha moment where maybe they've remembered something or they've had an idea or they've had some sort of moment of inspiration. Like, I love that because it's kind of, it's quite hard to sometimes quantify what I do because what I do, I hold space, which right. is like, what does that even mean? And I, hold space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, this, but like holding space in a specific way that enables someone to connect somewhere deeper within, which then allows, allows them to surface something new or something powerful, potent to them. And then seeing that recognition happen is like, I love that piece. I love that about my work. That's the most rewarding part of it all, I would say, for sure, because you're, you're witnessing transformation. Yeah. And how many people can say they get to witness that? I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to be able mm-hmm. to see that yeah. unfold right before your very eyes. And I love the moments when, and again, this has been a journey too, and it's definitely an ongoing journey of trusting my instinct when it tells me to say, maybe ask a different question or comment on maybe some body language or trust a vision I have in my mind. Or have you thought about this? And then how that then takes someone into the place where they need to go. That always feels really good that somehow in this space we've been able to guide a journey that's opened something up like I just I just love I love that so on the flip side of that what would you say is the most challenging piece about the work that you do the most challenging piece I think the most challenging piece that's quite strange because my mind's a bit blank with this one but I so I'm going to say I think the most challenging piece is probably making space for me in all of this and I've been not so good at that in, okay. in past times. Something that I'm working on right now is making space for the things closest to me. Can you share an early experience or an experience or a light bulb moment where you learned or realized just how much power language and words have? Yeah. So I think there's two moments that stand out for me when you say that. One of them was I did the Landmark Forum, the advanced course. 15, 16 years ago, something like that, and have a bit of a thing for endings, like with something that's when something's ending, it's really important, especially if it's been something that's been significant for me, 
I have, to, I have to mark it in a, a sacred way. And so I'd written something to commemorate this closing of this experience and just had this real urge to speak, to, to share it. Bear in mind, 15, 16 years ago, I'm not the woman I am today. Like, I am scared. I am, a, you know, a bit of a recluse. I'm terrified of what people are going to think of me. But I just had this urge. I've got to speak this. I've got to share this. So the whole session, like, I was getting redder and redder and my heart was <laughs> I finally had the courage to say, can I read this piece, please? And I read it. And I just remember like the whole room went quiet and it was just this amazing moment of coming together um, through these words. And then similar moment when my grandma passed, who she was an amazing woman. I loved her so much. Like I wrote her eulogy and, and sharing that was, I knew I had to get it right. Like I knew I had to say the right things. I had to honor this woman um, who had meant so much to me and, and all the family. And so you know, finding the words to sum up this woman who lived an incredible life, hard life, um, touched many people. Uh, that was such a privilege to know that I'd been able to speak for my mum, for other people in my family and, and say the right words. That was another moment when I realised, oh, you know, words really do matter. That saying the right thing really does matter. That's huge. And what an honour indeed to to be the person to speak about a woman you held in such high regard and love so much. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful, Georgina. Thank you. That is powerful indeed. You often hear people say that writing is like therapy. In what ways has writing impacted and changed your life and been therapeutic for you? I bet you want me to start with this one. Like, <laughs> I know, Joe, some of my earliest memories are of me, pink table, Miss Ribbons class writing, like making books out of paper. <laughs> So, you know, my childhood was spent writing stories about everything. I had a massive, wild, crazy imagination. Probably a bit weird. People didn't understand me. That's another story. <laughs> like bullying, terrible acne, glasses, braces, ugly. It was just horrendous. I was so, so lonely. So, so lonely. Rejected. And I poured my heart into a journal. I wrote, I wrote pretty much every day for a, a decade. Still got the journals. Wow just expressing that like, is the only place I felt I could say my truth and I actually pulled those journals out a week or so ago and was flicking through some of them it was actually heartbreaking to I'm read sure. so that was a big piece and I think you know last five or six years writing has been well writing became a profession obviously so yeah writing professionally that was great being heard saying important things through writing and then more recently, it's been more spiritual journaling, more you know, connecting with that deeper part of me, purging stuff, exploring my thoughts. The thing with me and probably other people too, I have so much going on in my mind, but often those thoughts are just like big balls of wool. And yeah. they just, whereas when I journal, like I always think the pen is like this hook that catches onto the edge of these balls of thinking in my mind. And as I write, I'm unraveling them. And as you write, you know, the thought extends itself and you can see the complexity of where you're going. And as you write, you, you're clearing up bandwidth, you're clearing up headspace. And then, of course, more things come up, more insights come through. And there are sometimes I write in my journal and it's like, well, whatever. And the other <laughs> time I write in my journal, I'm like, where did that come from? I had no idea that was of anything that was bothering me. Sometimes I, I receive messages. Sometimes I remember things. Seriously, journaling is... If you know, if you enjoy the practice, don't do journaling if it feels forced. But if you if you need somewhere safe to express yourself and just purge thoughts and explore your thinking, all of it, if you have the courage to really go there and be honest with what's really happening, it can be the most therapeutic thing ever. It's just I'm obsessed by it. I love it. I love that analogy of the pen being a needle and the thoughts are yard. That's amazing. I love that and I've never heard that before. That's beautiful. Absolutely yeah. love it. I've I've heard people say that. They hated writing in school 
And now they're writers or, and mm-hmm. I've heard it put in the way that, well, in school, you're, it was probably because you're writing shit you didn't want to write. You had no interest in writing what you were being asked to write about. So that's why you hated writing back then. And it's just funny that transition, how some people who went through school and absolutely hated writing end up being writers. And it's yep. so funny the way things shift once you're writing about something or doing something, not necessarily writing, but doing something you you actually enjoy doing that you didn't like doing previously. But because the subject matter or whatever has changed, something has changed, your whole perspective around doing that thing changes. Totally. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, I, I guess I was quite lucky. I've always been academic. I've always enjoyed writing. It, writing was something I was pretty good at as well. So I didn't have like, you know, the teacher hovering. Imagine if you've got a teacher hovering over you, you know, correcting everything or putting crosses through stuff. You're like, I've just poured my heart onto this page. I, you know, that it does it. It stop. It blocks something inside yeah, of you. It's for sure. You. And so this is why a lot of people have like a, an awakening when they're older, because suddenly they can let go of that story and discover what their creativity is. And, and I think with writing as well, it's it's very rare to write something amazing the very first time without any editing. Yeah. Like, a lot of the magic happens in the edit. And also a lot of the magic happens once you've released some of the gunk that's yeah. present in the first of all, which is where with journaling, journaling can be completely unstructured. Like you can come with a question, you can just follow your train of thinking but where you start is rarely where you end up. You know, you might be thinking about, oh, I had an argument with my husband yesterday, let's say. And then you finish up by writing about a memory you had 15 years ago. That actually, <laughs> you know, was actually a big life lesson with, you know, this more intuitive writing, this creative writing. You just follow the threads, like follow the threads of your thinking, follow the threads of your emotion and the feelings you have and just see where they take you. And where we just have to drop the critic saboteur. I'm a spell check nowadays, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Right stuff where the mistakes are people want to hear that authentic voice i don't want to hear another i don't know tony robbins and you know all sounding the same we want to hear what does your voice sound like mm-hmm. what is your story you know, who are you that's what i want to know that's what i want to see you are the creator of aligned message activator can you share with us what that's all about yeah super simple three steps resurface your message because it's inside you it's not out there it's buried inside yeah so surfacing it, it's like stirring the pot questions conversations let's see what you really have to say and then when you surface it you get to shape it create maybe some methodologies or frameworks programs stories whatever and then sharing is obviously the the speaker in us storyteller in us now like we've discovered what it is we have to say and we've shaped it into something that's ready to be presented let's go share it with the world with fearless visibility with who we we are the vulnerable bit We're craving it. We are craving vulnerability. Yeah. We're craving allness. We're craving realness. And because that's what most of us are like, most of us are not like these polished timelines we see online. Most of us are messy. You know, we have stuff going on. We're not getting everything together. We're not getting everything right, but we're doing our best. And that's this it. Allness is what matters. That's right. Since you first began your journey into the world of writing as a professional, what changes have you seen or how has the world evolved in that in that world of writing and authoring would you say that the art of storytelling and getting people's stories out there is more important now than ever and if so why I think it's more important now than ever because we I mean I couldn't be doing the work I'm doing now 15 20 years ago like before the internet it wouldn't have been possible in the way that it is now and I think nowadays where you know we've got these fast-moving social timelines people are wanting to connect on a more real community basis our stories are the things that resonate our stories are the things that connect people together I remember when we first had a conversation, Brad, mm-hmm. and, you know, you had your 
little chapter in sacred redesign that yeah. we spoke about the grandma like yeah. i had a connection straight away because i had a connection with my grandma that was very similar mm-hmm. so your story connected us um we found some similarity and from there you can deepen connection so i want to know who people really are I'm, i hate small talk i don't <laughs> I think we need to talk about complex conversations. We need more complexity. And so our stories matter because telling our story helps us to feel validated. Telling our story, knowing our story helps us understand who we are. Sharing our story helps to heal. It empowers other people, empowers ourselves in the process. And you know, storytelling is what's going to bring us back together. If anything can bring us back together, it's storytelling. Raw, real storytelling. Not storytelling to make, you know, to try and put a particular impression out there or to make yourself look a particular way. But the real story that comes from here, you know, the, the heartbreaks, the grief, the pain, the triumphs, you know, the humanity in us. Let's, let's yeah. connect on a human level with what's real. And remember who we are. Like we're children of the earth. We're all connected. We're all, you know, we are in this chaos together. We're all part of the problem, which means we're all part of the solution. And our stories can help us build the communities that will create change. And those shifts are starting to happen. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. And, you know, you think about, well, how publishing has changed, first of all, how that whole industry has shifted. But look around now at all the multi-author collaboration books. It's like there's this, I don't know, in the last... At least maybe, and maybe, maybe this is part of that whole thing where you buy a red car and then all of a sudden you start to see more red cars on the road. Maybe this is why, but for me, I had no idea about this world. And now that I'm in this world, it's like, it's almost like there's been an absolute explosion of multi-author books and everywhere you look, they're there. It's crazy. But I think that's a wonderful thing because it's shifted how people are thinking and shifted to allow people to share their stories and to also create community, which is the most important, well, sorry, most important part is sharing your story. But the second most important part is creating that community for support Mm -hmm. around you as you're going through those steps and doing that. It's just, it's wild how much, at least I have seen anyways, how much it's shifted. Totally. Yeah. The publishing world is totally different and it's amazing. That's much more accessible now. And that more stories get to make it into a physical, tangible form. Because it's one thing to write a story on social where you know it's gonna, it's digital, you can take it down, it's gonna disappear. Yeah. Another thing to put that deeper level of thought and heart into something you know is gonna be published, put into a paperback, and could be anywhere in the world. Like yeah. that change in media pulls something deeper out of you, pulls yeah. a deep connection, which I think is really beautiful, really beautiful. For sure. Absolutely. Now, as mentioned earlier, Georgina, you're the host of Writing Your Writing Your Best Self podcast, which I actually had the honor and the pleasure of being a guest on. Can you tell us a bit about the podcast, what the subject matter is, is it interview style, as well as solo, like do you do solo episodes as well? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah. So the podcast, I run the podcast for Best Self Co. They're US-based company. They're amazing. They do all sorts of really cool conversation productivity tools and relationship tools and the podcast is all about journaling so it's a mix of solo riffs where I talk about different aspects of journaling and then interviews with people who somehow somewhere we've some form of writing into their work whether that's their authors or um, they journal themselves so we just have conversations around journaling discoveries different techniques different practices different philosophies and really it's all about how to connect back to yourself so you can be your best self. Love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? <laughs> well, I would say my, okay, my, my unique skill set has to be how 
people feel when they're in my company which is quite hard for me to say because you know it's had a story for so long people don't like me so which is quite mm-hmm. bizarre because actually that is my my gift is making people feel safe to open up and share their truth and access their truth holding like when space. you can hold space holding mm-hmm. space right when you can hold space for someone to just start to explore it's the same with the journal the journal is another form of space holding right you express something feel safe you unravel something it's a lubricant something else comes out something else comes out conversation mm-hmm. then leads to amazing places so holding space and being that guide in that conversation. Um, that's my special gift. That's a very powerful gift to be able to do that for people. <laughs> Speaking of success, Georgina, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you? Well, if you'd asked me that five years ago, I would say success is having you know, six figure business successes, having my own house successes, these physical things, successes, other people thinking I'm successful. It's external stuff. I think, but now I think success is more of, I don't think I'm chasing success anymore. I definitely was chasing success for a long mm-hmm. time. I think now it's more, you know, running fulfillment, um, contentment, knowing that I'm walking my path, the right path, connecting, not, not running away from the, the deep, darker work, but leaning into it, doing the healing work that's going to make me a better person and, and be good for my children and my, and my lineage. So I I actually don't feel the same connection to the word success than I used to. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Okay, so listen to intuition. I've been so many times when my intuition has been screaming at me and I've listened because someone else told me not to or because it didn't feel like the right time or whatever. And my intuition, I don't think it's ever let me down. I've always known, even when I've gone against it, the more I trust my intuition, the more things are lining up. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? I think the biggest turning point, early 20s, breakdown, depression, antidepressants, counselling, learning that the thoughts you have in your head, you can change them, which sounds crazy, right? Mm -hmm. It does. It does. But back then I had no idea that the things I was thinking I could, I had agency to change them. I I was in a really, really dark place back then, very dark place. And that really was my entry point into personal development, spirituality. Like it was this whole new world of living opened up to me. And that was, and that's when I left corporate, when I went to India, when I left the relationship, when I started being interested in corporate (laughs) therapies, when I knew I needed to help people and be of service, that all stemmed from that point life-changing what does the word empowerment mean to you empowerment means to me is it's an inner strength it's about cultivating something within you that lets you know that you've got this that you can do this it's something that you have to give to yourself you have to activate within yourself and it's it's within all of us that we all have this ability to feel empowered over our own over our own lives and over where where the future leads well said. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answers. Okay. What was your dream job as a child? To be a lawyer. How so long. Do- <laughs> a lawyer. And look where you are now. It <laughs> <laughs> have been a terrible job for me. <laughs> Working 100 hour, 80 hour, 90 hour weeks. Forget it. How would you describe yourself in one word? Kind. Would you rather have more time or more money? If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? It was always you. Love that. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Not what you expect. (laughs) (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, Georgina, what would that one thing be? Listen to yourself, love yourself. That's two things. That's okay. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Peace. That concludes our rapid fire section. And back to our regularly scheduled program. What is your why? My why is to 
reconnect with what I came here to be and to make sure I be that. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Uh, Marion Williamson. She's uh, the name that jumped straight into my mind. I love her because I love her spirituality. I also love her politics. And I love how she stepped in this, into the space of bringing spirituality to the political agenda and political table. I think she's just massively courageous. I think she comes from a really good place and I think she has great perspective. So I'd love to just explore. I think we imagine the conversations with her that be so <laughs> deep and just creative in enlightening i'd love to have a conversation with her who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why okay so the woman's name who jumps out is my conventional therapy teacher she was called chaika she was a german woman she's amazing amazing at her just she was just amazing at her job and she really took me under her wing became a mentor as well so she's a woman whose name came to mind i think and then i've got to mention my grandma my grandma just for always being that just was always there like always no matter what just always there and I'm just so grateful I had such a strong matriarch in my life yeah those yeah it would it would definitely be my grandmother too that the parallels that you and I have are quite interesting in our lives and I guess that's a big part of why we connect and get on so well those parallels what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it so I often have a vision about this woman and I believe this is the direction I'm heading this is where I'm going. This is what pulls me forward. And this woman is, she has a gentle fierceness. She's exceptionally grounded and she can hold just huge amounts of space. And in that space, people feel loved and accepted and something that something has let go. But it's that gentle fierceness. Gentle fierceness. I love that. <laughs> Georgina, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I have had so much turmoil over that exact question because there's so many times I I wished I could have done that. I just thought, why? I wish I'd known now what I knew back then. But of course, life would have unfolded in a completely different way. Yeah. But I, I just, I wish that little girl had just felt the love that was around her and that she hadn't isolated herself as much as she did because she, she didn't need to. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What wisdom would you impart? What words, what would you say? So I would invite everyone to, to close our eyes. I would pull out my singing bowl. And I would tell people to hear themselves and know their truth. Georgina, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and share your story and your journey and share your vulnerability here today. It has been an absolute pleasure and honor having this opportunity to sit down with you. I am so grateful for having you in my life, for being able to call you a friend, for having you as a member of the Empowerography community. You are such a bright, beautiful light and just you're an amazing human being. So thank you for all that you do and just keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world and doing the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for this beautiful conversation. It's been such a joy. Thank you, Brad. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Georgina El Mershadi. 
She is the founder and owner of Find Your You, the creator of the Aligned Message Activator, a messaging mentor, an intuitive writer, and an international number one best-selling author. Thank you so much, Georgina. I appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.